everyone. It is take 84. We are going back to Westeros to celebrate. I don't know if there's a Westeros. I don't know what they would say for that. Anyways, we're going to celebrate the one year anniversary of Game of Thrones because we've got a very special guest on the show today that we will be talking to who was in the show from seasons five through eight. Maybe he'll correct me if I've got that timing wrong. Um, We're going to go through all the questions that you guys have submitted and that we have submitted as well. And we're going to talk about the other shows that he's been on, talk more TV to finish it off. And he's got some of his favorite movies that he's going to share with us. The tradition that every guest prepares. We are freaking hyped. We want to give a very sweet welcome to our guest today who hails from Westeros itself, or, or in other words, Northern Ireland. Um, he gives tours up in Northern Ireland or Northern Ireland and from I'm, Ireland. I'm Southern Ireland. Yeah. You know, it's Southern. all the same thing. <laughs> Ireland. The same thing. Yeah. And he is one of the tour guides for Game of Thrones tours up there. He is an actor, singer, beard enthusiast. I don't know if this is true. Possibly a relative. Millionaire of Philan- Nolan. philanthropist. <laughs> Phil- philanthropist. <laughs> is that the um, word? Word apostle. of the day. Prophet. No, that wouldn't be a apostle, man. I look like Jesus. <laughs> That's it. Possible, well, you know. Possibly Jesus. We are hyped to introduce a wildling, Viking, and good friend of the show, Eric Nolan. Welcome, buddy. How you doing? Absolutely fine. Absolutely fabulous. How's the quarantine yeah. treating you? Uh, see, it, it, I feel bad about it because... Me and my girlfriend, like she lives in a shared house and all of her housemates moved out for the last two months. So we've had a five bedroom house to ourselves oh. and a back and a backyard and a store about three minutes away. So yeah, if anything, I'm working on music. I don't have to go to work. Uh, <laughs> keep it going. Keep licking each other. You know, whatever you're doing. Um, because if I go back to work, then I'm, you know, then the real world is back. So I've been doing really well, really good. Yeah, keep so, keep the quarantine coming then. Yeah, I, I mean, other than my physical fitness being completely destroyed, my mental health is uh, is living the dream. You know, hey, stay in my room important. all day. Yeah, whatever. So four bedrooms are open. So what you're saying are flights are cheap. I, I'm I'm coming. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You I'm always want to get go screened to at the door. Yeah, no problem. I, I clean the dishes. I sweep the floor. I'm a good housemate. Uh, I would say that my redemptive quality is I love cleaning bathrooms. Wow. So wow. I'm there. Amazing, because I love messing up bathrooms. <laughs> like, like my hair, there's beard hair, there's long hair, there's, you know, just general not cleaning so up. I want, I want to ask you, know? you a question right out of the gate, because I'm also a beard enthusiast. And looking at your beard mm-hmm. is making me jealous. How long How long have you been growing that beard for, Eric? Tell the, tell the people. So. So I'm going to start off, first of all, um, Keeks. Hey, yeah. hey, bro. Um, so having a beard um, is literally the worst thing in the world. Don't listen oh. to him. Yeah. I, that was yeah, the yeah, last no. thing I expected you to say. I know. Plot twist. Wow. Get used to it. <laughs> What's the subverting expectations? You were uh, on Game of Thrones. You got those plot twists coming, baby. You know it. You know it. Um, so, yeah, I'm in a gang now where I'm just walking down the street and a guy with a beard is also on the street. Um, we're going to do this. Now, obviously, this is a podcast, so you can't see physically what I do, but, you know, this. The, the head nod. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's how I've had it since 2015, 2014. Um, wow. It's, you know, the best way to have a beard is just to not 
cut your beard. So there's no real effort in it, you know, and now I'm just shitting on all the beards. I mean, buy beard products that I sell. <laughs> we'll promote it. We'll promote it. This is, this is my beard. I'm going to show it to you. This is four days. Can you Amazing. Amazing. Wow. It doesn't exist. There's no beard. Yeah. I know a guy. He can, he can sort you right out. Yeah. Really? I know there's yeah. like oils you can buy. I use a- yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, could, I could shamelessly plug the oils that I sell, but you know. Do that's it. Not plug it. That's not what we're yeah. here for. Uh, unless they're listening you <laughs> one, know, qu- so. one quick plug uh, one quick plug no free um, ads but free ad i don't know oh, we'll get to it at the end <laughs> got it we'll get to it at the end you know so er- you don't want to instantly become an advertisement you know so eric how, how long <clears throat> how long uh, have you been in ireland for born and raised mm-hmm. 31 years in his hand yeah nothing the, more irish get, that, than get them nice stereotypes thing. up right now you know <laughs> so um I was at a barbecue, a home barbecue, just in case you're the government. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, 31 years in Ireland. That's, That's awesome. it. That's Dublin. Awesome. Yeah, for 31. You look great. Thanks, man. It's the sunlight and probably some sort of Skype filter I've hacked <laughs> into the thing. So, you know. And the Guinness. Yeah, keeps you young. Okay, well, you I got to I gotta also say this. For all our guests that have appeared on our podcast, <clears> we love them, we adore them, but Eric, you hands down have the best accent. So, God bless yeah, that. We, we'll send you a plaque or something. <laughs> we'll send you an award. Perfect. perfect. Or like a certificate. <laughs> the best accent. Yeah, that's, that's why I get away with it. Like I was explained to a lot of people on the tour, is like, we can curse. Like, I can literally call someone a... C word, but because I've got an Irish accent, it's kind of charming. <laughs> where they're like, "Oh, that's that's so funny, like, honey. Oh, look at him. He just called me a, you know." So, and obviously, it's a Game of Thrones tour. If you're coming to watch all of the horrible stuff that happens on TV, we're pretty much allowed to do whatever we want, say whatever we want. So it gives a, a freedom to the job that when you guys get a chance to come and visit, jump on the tour bus and you can watch me roast a load of people. I, I, I feel- I feel like you want that in the tour. Like you wouldn't want someone just to be super nice. You want a little banter. You want it to be. You, you exactly. want to feel like you're in Westeros, exactly. <clears throat> going back and forth. So that's how we met Eric. All the sweets that are listening is uh, Maddie and Matt went on. When did they go to the? Who have been on the podcast before? They. Uh, when did they go on the tour? Was it in 2017? I've met like forty thousand people, man. <laughs> you know, so not, not to. They're not, not special. To, yeah, I mean. They, they are. are special. They are special. Yeah. There's a select group of people that I've kept in contact with. And it's funny to do like, you know, when obviously Facebook or Instagram, they give you this kind of memories thing. And somebody's like, oh, I met you back in 2016. And I was Ooh. like, oh, oh, okay, sweet. Hey, bro. You know, <laughs> like, I'm, yeah. Unfortunately, everyone is the same. It's, you know, so. Yeah. Well, there are some select people that I've kept in touch with, you know, and it's really good. It's a really good job because. You know, I don't know what you guys do for a living, and then you come on holidays. You're not there to talk about your job. You're here just to have fun. So we can drink beer, shots, whatever. We can go out afterwards. Like, there's no kind of it's it's so good, it's so good. Let's yeah. go. That's awesome. <clears throat> Dude, yeah. so how did how did you get? Uh, I've been reading up a little bit, and we've been reading. Is it seems like the tourism business has really boomed since Game of Thrones? How did yeah. you get into the tours and start doing that? So getting into the tours, uh, I actually got into obviously Game of Thrones first mm-hmm. and getting yes. into Game of Thrones, I got into Vikings first and getting into Vikings. So Vikings was my first job on, on a TV oh. set thing. So uh, if you want me to 
start there. That? Yeah, yeah let's go there. <clears throat> so we, we can go full long tangent to answer that one question of how I got there, other Perfect. than saying, yeah. Um, so I was studying music production and sound engineering in Dublin. And uh, it's part-time, so it's part-time working in a supermarket, part-time working college. And one of the guys I studied with, he lives in Ashford, which is where they shoot Vikings. And he was like, oh, dude, man, I've seen these posters. They're looking for guys with long hair and beards to, to sign up for a show. Vikings. I was like, okay, cool. So I seen it. I applied for it. I didn't have this long hair or this long of a beard. Um, probably the same beard as you, Tanner, but just like a little bit longer hair. And I was just like, uh, not saying that it's, you know, short. It's a oh, lovely beard. Love that. Um, Self-esteem yeah, is going right now. <laughs> Butter the toast, man. <laughs> yeah, you'll be shaved tomorrow. Um, so, uh, so I signed up. And then within a few days, I got a call. And uh, like, I'd never been on TV. I'd never done any work like that. Like, just to show you how much of a, what's the word they use on Deadliest Catch? Greenhorn. I was on the set of a TV show. Like, the first scene that I shot for Vikings was all of us on a boat out in a lake and then one of these new characters is arriving and I'm one of these new characters men or bodyguards or whatever so I'm on a boat and a man helps me off the boat and the first thing I say during the scene is oh thanks man and the guy goes yo shut up idiot you don't talk so <laughs> so I didn't know that like you know dialogue is the only thing that happens when they're filming a scene I just thought it's you know tv magic um so that's where i started at the complete bottom of effing up every scene i was in for about two and a half weeks straight uh and then moved on so the guys i met on vikings some of them had they've been on every tv show and film that was filmed in ireland for like 30 years like they're in braveheart uh they were in like you know but they were in braveheart together and they've just hung out like with friends and they keep uh, one of the guys that was working on King Arthur, uh, the Clive Owen one, I think, was filmed in Ireland. Yeah. So he was on King Arthur, and he was like, oh, yeah, sure, when I left King Arthur, they were like, oh, there's no more work anymore. And then along came this, and then there was three seasons of that, and then along came the Tudors, then along came Vikings, then along came Game of Thrones. So this guy is literally... Wow. He hasn't been back to the real world since since Mel Gibson entered <laughs> Ireland, you know what I mean? So He's been living uh, in a hut, in a, in a yeah, straw so, hut by the lake. So uh, with that, then they showed me how to apply for, so obviously there's different agencies like casting agencies, like extras casting agencies. So I signed up for the one that does Game of Thrones and then I got a call. So it was just for Hard Home. Ooh. So the Hard Home Ooh. Massacre was my first day. Wow. Um, so good it, first yeah, so, day. Hard Home was the first episode. Yeah, I know, right? I'm like Dwayne Johnson. Like just <laughs> everything I touch just turns to 10 out of 10. <laughs> Um, the Irish Queen so, Johnson. Yeah, yeah. Franchise Viagra. I think that's what they call them. Um, so, uh, we're going we're gonna to clip this so that we can make sure that, you know, in next year when you're like the next big lead, we'll say Eric mm-hmm. Eric Nolan's first interview. You, he predicted wait, his success. Side note. Side note. You guys fans of Dwayne oh. Johnson? You know the, I'm Polynesian, so kind of, yeah, I have to. All right. So the Iron Paradise, you know his gym? Yeah. You know that's a thing? Like that's an actual building that he has a team of people carry around the world. That's why he's always in that gym. So if he's shooting a movie in Hawaii, they bring the Iron Paradise with him. If he's shooting in Ireland, they bring the Iron Paradise with him. Whoa. Well, now, how do they now, tra- now, now, don't quote, quote me on this, but this is just what I... Because how is he always in that gym? He, he's not flying home after shooting Jumanji every night and pumping iron, you know? <laughs> so that's the I kind of level I think of, I've heard that too. That's a... Yeah. 
Anyway, that's a sweet fitness morsel that's, right that, there. That's, that's. I mean, I still wouldn't go to the gym, but <laughs> it'd be um, cool just to say that you had the money to be able to transport a gym. Insane. Where insane. you live? So good. Um, One day. <clears throat> so, yeah, hard home was my first my first episode, and I was put with the Lord of Bones, so rattle shirt. And the first scene I did was him meeting John and Torment. So when John and Torment get the hard home, uh, I'm with the gang of other wildlings. And since I'd been in Vikings for a few weeks, I know just to sit at the back, watch whatever is going on, see what clicks exist on this set. You know what I mean? Because the last thing you want to do is show up and be some you know, loud mouth and so on. Obviously, Game of Thrones being my favorite show in the world, you know, Kit Harrington is there and he's 25 feet away and I'm going, holy shit, I'm 25 feet away from Jon Snow. And like, you know, and, and it would get, you know, closer and closer and not that it's a restraining order, but you know, it's, uh, it's just insane. And then like one day he, we're outside <clears throat> and it's really funny because now this story has gotten a full circle and I answer to it and I'll get to it. But like, I was just standing outside the bathrooms and I hear, all right, mate. And I turn around and he's like, you got a lighter. And it's Kit Harrington. Sorry for the terrible impression of Kit Harrington. And I was just holy. Oh, it's Jon Snow. There's my sorry. Beep that. Uh, <laughs> that's but that's but that's what I said in my brain. And uh, obviously, I I don't smoke, so I don't have a lighter. So I just went, uh, 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 and then he just walked off. And I was just like, I am so smooth, you know. If you're, yeah, there we go. And that was it. The first time I met Jon Snow. And what I realized is one of the other guys who was in the Night's Watch. He like obviously got to know Kit over the time of being there for five, six, seven years. And Kit would actually go around to people and ask, hey, do you have a lighter? And if they did, they'd have a cigarette together and he'd just talk to people. He'd just hang out with them. And if he didn't have a lighter, he'd just kind of talk. Because obviously he is who he is and he knows who he is. So people are afraid to approach him. So it's, it's a weird kind of, it must be really hard to like be that level because everybody is constantly it's like the best way I've heard it described is, you know, being that level of celebrity uh, is like inception where, you know, when Leonardo DiCaprio is in the bar with Killian Murphy's character and he tells him that he's in a dream and everyone in the dream then turns and looks at him. He's like, that's what, that, like, that's what it's like to be like a level of celebrity where as soon as he walks in the room, everyone's Turning. like, there's the guy, you know, and you like can, it's you everyone, can, like, you know, feel <clears throat> everyone. Yeah. Yeah, so the, the, my first day was, was, was Hard Home or episode five, eight. And then I had to go back to my normal job. So I was jumping in between my normal job and shooting Game of Thrones. And then they said, hey, we need you for three weeks of the Hard Home Massacre. And I was just like, yes. So I went back to my normal job and I said, hey, I need three weeks off. And they were like, nah. And then I was like, well, then I quit. And then they said, okay, well, you've worked here for long enough. You need to do four weeks notice. So I had to legally work for four weeks instead of doing hard home, the actual full thing. So I did a couple of days on it until it was go back to my normal job. So I missed it. I mean, I missed lying down in puddles for 15 hours, you know, so uh, bummer. It was a, yeah. So <clears throat> and then I was at the end of it, you know, in, in the end of episode nine, when they get to the wall, that's the next kind of scene that I'm in. But it, it's really cool. Like, obviously, you know, meeting people on the tour they're like oh i'd love to work on game of thrones like it's it's hard like it's i'm sure you know it's what, what it's is not- a typical day like you're getting <clears throat> like like getting makeup on getting your costume in what, what was it yeah, that so, you would do in like a normal episode <clears throat> preparation so to go to like you know a normal day 
filming a dialogue scene where you're just kind of standing there, whatever, you know, it's 10 hours, 12 hours, maybe something like that. You get there 5 a.m. Depending on how many extras, depending on how big the scene is. If it's a small scene, you get there 8 a.m. You shoot till 5, 6 p.m. If it's in studio or whatever, it depends on what you're doing. If it's Battle of the Bastards, um, we were getting picked up. Like there was 500, 600 extras and then all the cast that were there. So you got to dress 500 people and some of them can't even dress themselves properly normally. So to put them in <laughs> clothes from, you know, a, a non-existent, you know, fantasy land, it's going to take a little bit more time. So we were getting picked up like, let's say one thirty, like AM. And then we get on a bus, get driven out to the, they'd rented like a compound, like an area, like a factory where they would just churn out wildlings and Starks and mm-hmm. all these guys. And then they get makeup, you get your hair done, that you get your breakfast. Then you get driven to the actual battlefield then you get your weapon, then you get onto the actual battlefield, and then you start filming the show. Wow. You know, so it was like maximum daylight. So some of the days or most of the days, so especially me coming from Dublin as well, let's say I, I had, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday on Game of Thrones, uh, Battle of the Bastards, like I would leave my house at Sunday, 11 p.m., mm-hmm. get to Belfast at 1 a.m., hair, costume, makeup, travel time, 4.30 in the morning, you're on the set, you're on the battlefield, sunrise all the way to sunset and then the worst thing that happens is you know it's like 6 p.m you have work at one in the morning 6 p.m there's now 600 guys with long hair beard covered in horse shit mud blood horse piss all this stuff it's all over you you've been lying around in it all day you got to go back to your hostel and if you guys were in a hostel and i rock in with three of my friends and we've been on a battlefield all day you're going to make us shower obviously because we'd get kicked out of the hostel. So we got to travel an hour back to Belfast. You got to get back to your hostel. You got to shower. You got to clean your hair, clean your face. You got to go to bed. Then you got to get back up for one o'clock because you're back in work and do it all again. You know, so this cyclical stuff of like insane 15, 16, 17, 18 hour days were just, you know, most of the guys just stopped showering, which was lovely. Um, People were sleeping in their cars because there's no point staying in a hostel. If they would just, they'd basically park outside the studio and then they'd get off the bus, get in their car, get back on the bus, get in their car and just repeat that for like a month, you know? So that would be a typical extreme day. And, uh, I mean, best job I ever had, you know, (laughs) (laughs) no, like really like, you know, so it's like all of that horrible stuff at the time. Yeah. It's horrible. But afterwards it's like, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, um, how long, how long did it take to shoot battle of the bastards? I'm assuming that was the most extreme series and sequences to shoot right or was there other ones yeah at the the time at the time yeah until season eight yeah it was it was the most ambitious thing they'd done and like hard home i think was two and a half weeks into three weeks and then battle the bastards was like because we had a lot of training uh well not Mm -hmm. us the wildlings because we're untrained wildlings we just were untrained so it's perfect you know but they had a military advisor come in and train all the Mm -hmm. bolton soldiers how to be proper regimental army so luckily i don't have short hair and no beard because these guys got like the best description like full metal jacket screamed at oh. for three weeks like you know oh, you know the thing no. of like you know oh, hey mom I'm, I'm gonna be on game of thrones like i'm gonna be a bolton soldier and you get there it's like hey guys oh we're all bolton so no way and this guy's like right you stupid and you're less like you know whoa <laughs> like luckily he was just calling us hairy you know wasters but uh 
it was insane how intense it was. And th like their jobs for the Battle of Bastards were carrying an eight foot shield or a 15 foot pike. And that's, that's all they were doing. And the mud, you know, you're talking 12 inches of water and mud you're standing around in and the environment is what would, would get you, you know what I mean? So we had a lot of dropouts, obviously, you know, the Hollywood dream is instantly crushed when they bring, when they bring me and Tanner in and make us wild things and we're living the dream and they put you on the ground in a puddle on the pile. It's like, we're just going to have a couple of guys step on you for six hours, but here's a hundred euros. So, you know, you can't say no. Um, so yeah. Wow. Um, and, and in between, so in between tanks, what, mm -hmm. what are you doing? Uh, I'm me so I'd have like a group of friends like we're obviously massive fans of the show mm -hmm. we're we're watching the show you know <laughs> like we're yeah. watching ever we're like I tried my best to be involved as much as I possibly could if it if it didn't need a wildling then obviously I'm not going to try and get involved but it's that thing of like it wasn't it wasn't to be a part like it wasn't to be on TV you know what I mean it was yeah. to be like in the moment of it that makes sense be like a part so, of history basically mm -hmm. and that like that's one thing obviously with with this whole thing coming up i was thinking about it and i was looking at some guys some photos and i was like the night's watch guys that i know that they're the night's watch forever you know what i mean as much as people you know shit on whatever final seasons or whatever that they give out about it's like well these are the guys who did it you know what i mean so mm -hmm. it, it's crazy to, to kind of go back and think about that you know um, so I'll probably get super emotional another Guinness or two in and you'll just have the, the, the rest of the audio will just be me sobbing and, and so on. Right, so, now, but, uh, I want to ask you, yeah, so. what is your favorite episode from Game of Thrones? Like an episode that you're even rewatching or an episode that you were a part of where you're just like, man, I love that episode. It means a lot to me. Uh, what episode would that be <clears throat> if you had to choose? Yeah. Um, so for me, you know, as much as I play a murderous Viking on any production that ever gets thrown <laughs> at me, uh, it's John and Egret's relationship is the best thing in the world. Um, oh, dude, season right season four, you. episode 10, Watchers in the Wall. Ooh. That's the best episode of Game of Thrones. And when she dies, spoiler alert, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, that inherent thing that, if, that Ollie actor, God bless him, imagine having to walk through the streets being that guy at the time. Um, oh, yeah, that ripped me apart, you know, and still I could watch it and I'm like, oh, it's horrible, you know. So I actually got to meet Rose Leslie, which was insane, which I never thought because obviously she was dead when I joined the show. But obviously, oh, being yeah. married to Kit Harrington, she was on the set of the show uh, in season eight, and I was just like, you know, it, it's 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 a weird thing, you know. So, um, but that's my favorite episode of the show. Obviously, I've seen Battle of the Bastards about 1400 <laughs> times. Um, <laughs> You know, and, and I and like as much as Miguel Sapochnik or Kit or any of these guys could do a behind the scenes commentary DVD about it, I, I know a couple of guys I could get in a room and we could pick every single scene Gosh. apart and uh, you know, so it could be a proper breakdown of the episodes of like why, you know, so on. So um but yeah, so season four, episode ten would be my favorite episode. When I first watched Game of Thrones, the first thing first first experience of Game of Thrones was I was in school. And obviously, you know, Thursday, you're supposed to do your homework Thursday night. Uh, shout out to all my teachers who definitely aren't give a shit about what I do. <laughs> um, so um, we have a uh, channel called TG Cahar, which is basically you know, an Irish channel that just shows Irish TV. 
and for some reason they had Game of Thrones on and it was the scene where Daenerys uh, Viserys is walking through the long grass and her Dothraki guy throws the whip around his neck and uh, yeah that, that was the first experience of watching it and that's when I started watching the show so all in all over time like yeah it's gotta be season 4 Season four, episode ten, I think. John and E. Grit, man, that's that's where yeah, it's episode at. Episode nine for the Watchers on the Wall. I feel like season four for Game of Thrones, or is it ten? Oh, or it's it's nine? Yeah, oh, no. good God, the internet! <laughs> Please don't burn me well, to I the have, ground. I have IMDb right here in front of me, but no, season four, I feel like is the best season of Game of Thrones. I think all the seasons are great. Besides, the, I'm a little indifferent with the last one, um, which. It, it, it's okay you yeah. can say you can say i yeah. like them all yeah. uh, for my end i like um, them all. but man season four is just stacked you have Tyrion, uh the laws of gods and men and then just the whole i agree with you i love the egret john snow love story i love that mm-hmm. so what egret is like my top five favorite characters mm-hmm. i love egret so much and that is my favorite well so actually last year we did a game of thrones like recap of everything and one of my favorite moments and just anything is like you said is Jon Snow and Egret's relationship mm-hmm. as it grows and you see it develop and it made me realize in this show there are so many characters that you grow to love we'll, yeah. we'll give you a little sneak peek on Monday when the take comes out we have a graphic of a Super Smash Bros character selection screen where people can go through and pick who they want to fight as And Mm -hmm. trying to pick characters was so hard and trying to figure out, you know, who just just trying to throw people in. So my question for you is I'll try to phrase this as well as I can. When it comes to creating a character, what do you think makes a good character, whether it's on Game of Thrones, TV or movie? And then as an actor, how do you or what is your job in trying to make that character the best it can be? Good God. <laughs> wow. Um, from my experience, like everything that I've watched, the characters that I'm like, oh, he's the best character or she's the best character and that, it's like, it's got to be relatable and they can't just be like, they can't always win. You know what I mean? It's got to be that sort of, you know, it's like Westworld sort of, you, you got to experience pain before you spoil the first season of the show uh no you you gotta you gotta like go through some stuff you know you can't just be you know there's a couple of shows that i watch where the guy or the girl the main character just you know there's problems but it's like it's like pokemon he would get in a problem he'd lose and he'd come back 25 minutes later and he's he's the best in the world you know Mm -hmm. um so creating a character it's got to have flaws because obviously that's what people have, you know what I mean? So comedy, cursing, the hound, just, just be the hound. Just, oh. just, be, just, just be Rory McCann as the hound in everything. Uh, and that's it. Um, and then for me, like acting wise, I've, I'm just starting. So it's that thing of like the stuff that's been given to me, the stuff that I've done has all been Viking based, you know? So me approaching yeah. a role, because there's no like the word there's no like thing i i just get into that mindset just throw on a load of viking music and i've been lucky enough from the stuff that i have done uh, the dialogue hasn't been the main thing like what happened i actually secured a, a lead recently before the pandemic and uh, it'll be fully in old norse the whole thing 
So it's it's even better because now I'm like my accent, my Irish accent, as much as you know, people love it. It's I think easier for me to act if I have to put on something else. You know, what I mean, it's like that yeah. kind of if I can change myself completely for this one person, I think it'll be easier for me to 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 you know be an actor in it. You know, so mm-hmm. I could totally mess it up. We'll we'll see what happens. You know, but um. Do you have any more, any more details on that that you can share with us? What, what kind of a, I mean, you said it's like Nordic based, but any, uh, yeah. So it's, it's, um, I think it's like a documentary thing. I don't know if I can say it, you know, yeah. <laughs> like I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure I can say it, but I just, you know, as much as it's delayed for three months, there's other things that I'm working on, hopefully that I definitely can't talk about. You know what I mean? And I'm like, I don't want them to be like, is that the thing? Is he talking about us? You know what I mean? So there's a lot of, a lot of, uh, you know, thin ice I can walk on, you know? So, but there's a, a company, a crew in Ireland, they filmed a, a Viking kind of documentary thing for Netflix. Um, and that was called The Last Journey of the Vikings. And this will be not a kind of spin off, but it'll be a kind of the same company, same stuff. And it is called The Victims of the Vikings. And it will be basically a look into the victims of the Vikings. I, I imagine, you know. So, are, are so you I'm, a victim of the Viking, or are you a Viking? No, of course not. Look at me, yeah, Jesus. Yeah, you know? no, let's go. <laughs> winners. Yeah. So, um, I will be, I will be someone in that, and that will be probably, that will be the first, like, proper acting. The first acting job that I got was last January, like January 2019. I did a thing. So the Oslo. In Oslo, in Norway, they have a thing called the Viking Planet. And when you get oh. there, it's like a Viking museum. You can put on a headset and you basically watch a Viking movie. It's super interactive, like completely interactive. You're you're there on the ship as the fight is happening sort of thing. And I am one of the characters in that. But there was, everything was dubbed with with Old Norse and, and it was all. So I went to, to London Dimension Studios and they basically put me in a room just covered in cameras and there was just no one else in there. You know, kind of like the way the Avengers is made where everything's green screen and then you watch it and it's the biggest yeah. thing in the world. And, you know, so uh-huh. it was, it was a weird thing to look. I think I sent you guys the, the photo of the campfire that I'm sitting oh, at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is all, everything in that is CGI except for me. Oh, wow. <laughs> for, for that, you know? Yeah. How was that working with like just green screens and having to react that way? Awkward. Awkward. The director was was on a microphone talking through into the room, so it's like you know a voice from God is telling me what to do. So, um, but it was cool. It was cool, and um, and once I got the basic motions down, like once I got everything down, like walking, talk, like talking, moving, that was it. There was no second or third take. They just scanned my whole body, and and they can do whatever they want with it now. You know what I mean? So if they want to reshoot the movie with different scenes. It's all there. I've sold my soul to Norway, I guess. You know, <laughs> isn't a bad deal, I guess. Um, <clears throat> but it was really weird. Like that was the so that's the first thing I properly auditioned for. Yeah. Um, so since then, things have been things have been happening, and then you know, then this happened. So well, things have went on hold for six are, months. You know. So. Are you are you planning on? I mean, this might you might not be able to answer this. Are you planning on being on the prequel of Game of Thrones? Remind me what that's what's that called again? The House of the Dragon. Yes, that's it. They've changed the um, name like three times. I, I, I don't. Like. I, I don't think I am. Oh, gotcha. I don't think I am. Uh, they didn't actually change. They actually just had three spinoffs ready to go. Oh. 
know the names you've been hearing. Yeah, it's they're they're ready to, you know, they know it's the biggest successful franchise in the world. So they're gonna want, you know, when Breaking Bad ended, AMC were like, why why didn't we why didn't we use everything? Why isn't everything a spinoff show? Obviously, they did Better Call Saul and the El Camino movie, but they they definitely missed a trick. You know what I mean for the amount of how big that show was. So Game of mm-hmm. Thrones, I don't think it's HBO aren't going to let that go. They're going to hold on to it. They've got so much lore, you know what I mean? So oh, in all the book and especially with George R. R. Martin, I'm sure he's on there with some sort of creative control. He can give input and all right. I, I want to dive into it. I think we should dive into it. We, we have gotten some questions from some of the suites and this question is specifically about season eight, which I think we should talk about now because it's probably what a lot of people are curious. And since you, I learned this and I read this on the Game of Thrones tour page, you you survived the battle for Winterfell. um, What kind of Winterfell? Yes. Yes. So, do you want want to know the secrets? You want to know how I? Do you want to know how I survived the battle of Winterfell? The battle of the you know, let's say depending on you know what your opinion is, it's still the biggest battle in television or film history. You know, it took to produce, you know, um, and I'll tell you how I survived. Um, it's a it's a lovely thing called continuity. So we actually filmed episode four first. So that was the first thing shot for season eight. Oh, so the scene, the feast scene where everybody's there, uh, like Daenerys and John and everyone is, is in that feast room. That's 20 cast members working the same scene to get everyone scheduled together. It's better to do it at the start of the year. So we shot episode four first. I did a couple of scenes with uh, Torment and John and Daenerys. And then we continued the rest of the show. We shot episode one, we shot episode two, we shot episode three. And then when it came to, hey, we need to kill everybody, they were like, oh, we can't kill Eric because he's in episode four. Nice. And I was like, yeah. So that's that's how I survived, you know? So not that I'm a really good stage combat artist or fighter. If, if you know, the way the world's going, if Wi-Fi, you know, does crap out on us, don't call around to my house, you know, thinking you're going to, you're going to live like I'm some sort of Rick Grimes character. Like, no, nah, like I'll dead in a week. So like that, dead, dead in Eric, a week. Did you plant the yes. Starbucks cup? Right. Let me, let me go on record with this. All right. This is, this is where it's at, you know? So yeah. working on the tour, obviously 40 people at least a week. You know what the biggest question is that I get? Not like, hey, how did you get into the show? Or, oh, what's your favorite? Da, 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 or, oh, my favorite's this. It was, yo, is that your Starbucks <laughs> cup? Right. So, first of all, it's not a Starbucks cup, okay? Uh, there's a lovely little shop that's actually on the set of the show, run by a, a lovely woman called Lee, who has saved every single actor, director, sure. and producer, and extra, because she provides coffee uh, t- you know, as much as he can, and that's how everyone lives. Um, so it's a cup from her shop, which has a little green cup on it, on the actual cup. I've said cup too many times. Um, so it kind of has, it resembles the, 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 the Starbucks, um, you know, logo in a little bit. Uh, no, it wasn't mine. Uh, I had a can of Coke in my pocket and a Domino's pizza garlic dip close to me. Good man. Um, so are you talking that, you know, you know, so we could have got bigger sponsorships. Uh, no, it, it was you know for people who don't know about how television or stuff is filmed i can understand how maybe it got out through there and so on and obviously the internet is so quick with these things and memes 
as much as keeping me alive six days before Game of Thrones and six days before the next episode. Once it's an image, yeah, that's it. It's gone. It's, it's an image forever. You know, if, if there, you know, you got a billion viewers. If someone messes up, one of them is screen grabbing it. One of them is recording it. One of them is, you know, and the, everyone's so funny. Of course, they're going to make memes out of every single scene, you know? So, um, let's say for example, you're shooting Tanner right now. He's the main focus. He's doing his lines, but you still need to be there so he can react to your lines and so on, but you're not on camera. All right. So Keeks, if you've got a cup of coffee beside you now, you're not on camera, but you're still doing your lines. But there's like four cameras on Game yeah. of Thrones. There's a camera on the roof. There's a camera yeah. on the side. So, so the cameraman, let's say camera B or camera woman, camera D, whatever, she could find a really amazing shot for that amazing reaction that you did at the time. You didn't think you were on camera and it suddenly slipped in. And obviously if you are the VFX artists and like, watching you know the youtube channel corridor crew watching all the work that goes into the vfx you're talking like 15 seconds of footage takes six and a half weeks you know all this you know you're trying to make a 350 foot dragon spew fire and one of those things doesn't exist in the world and you're trying to make it you know so you know as much as it was easy to get the rubber and just get rid of that cup they're like oh maybe no one will notice we really have to make it seven and a half foot you know Firewolf yeah. here, and you know, so it's, it's difficult. And then, obviously, the 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 bottle of water in the final episode. Oh, by the chair, you know. Right. And yeah, it's like you know that was, you know, the if Italica in Spain in in Seville, it's like you know, hundred oh. degrees Fahrenheit. Like, are they not? Are they not allowed to have water? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like I've been to. I went there last uh, last winter there's not a shop near, you know what I mean? So this water was there and like, if there's no more water, that's it. You know what I mean? So they start have to 127 hours themselves to get a bit of water. So, um, they will, you know, it's, it's that kind of thing. I, think, there's I, think literally- it's just, I think it's so funny how people will just pick apart. They will just pick apart little things. Anything they can see. It's funny. Ugh, toxic, toxic fan base sometimes. And especially because the image, they had to like zoom in on that image. I don't know how anyone, you'd have to like brighten the screen all the way up. However, they were able to find that. Mm-hmm. It's just the, the, absolutely the, crazy to me. The, the worst thing about it is like, I think I've seen one of the questions and probably it'll come to me. Maybe I'll answer it now. It's like, what was my favorite scene to be a oh, part yeah. of? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I'm going to answer this right now. Uh, it was in episode four of season eight. And I'm like, the biggest episode, my biggest scene that I did, the biggest kind of thing that you can see me in, like all these things that like, you know, people like, you know, people from school were like, oh shit, you were actually in Game of Thrones. Like I heard you were kind of in it, but like I can physically see you now instead of being the blur at the back of my head for just me and my mom to see. Um, and it was in that episode where that cup was all over the internet. And I'm like, you know, I, I, I cried. I cried shooting that scene. I cried for that scene. And you're like, oh, what cup is that? Not that I want to be, you know, selfish. About it. <laughs> um, but the funeral scene we did for, for Winterfell uh, was the best, was my favorite scene to do. Because it was like, it was rough. Oh, sure. It was like yeah. emo- oh, emotionally gosh, like, right. you know, and like, it's, it's, for me and my close friends, like we're so emotionally invested in the show, not because of the characters, because of like the actual show, like the show. I don't work a normal job anymore. 
my friends definitely don't work normal jobs because of Game of Thrones now. They have probably, as I'd say, a much better life because of it. And when stuff happens, like endings, then it's really difficult to kind of work with. And the final scene we did the, for episode four, like the funeral scene, even though it was the start of it, it's like all of us were saying goodbye to each other. You know, and it was like, let's say the three of us, us, let's say you're a Stark, you're a Wildling, you're an Unsullied, whatever. We don't know each other's days of work. So let's say me and Tanner, we could be working next week, but Keeks, you could be done. The Unsullied or the Wildlings, they could be done forever. And we'd never get to say goodbye. So I was working with guys for like five years and they'd be like, hey, you in tomorrow? I'd be like, no, nah, I'm done. Like I'm heading back to London or I'm, and it was like, there was no, Dang. it was just, you know, so that kind of, we knew it was all time to say goodbye to the Dothrakis because all the other guys with season uh, episode five were all horse riders and they're a whole different separate group of people and all this other thing. So on the set of the show, you have like Alfie Allen, who's Theon, who's his last day on the show for 10 years. You got Jorah Mormont, whose last day is 10 years is that day. You've got um, all these people. And obviously I don't know Ian Glenn who plays Jorah Mormont personally, but when he says goodbye, to people in a crowd I'm a mess like I'm crying you know I don't know him when Theon is saying goodbye to people but they're saying goodbye to 10 years you know what I mean and stuff like so it's weird to get sucked into that emotion and obviously because you've watched these characters in the show you've grown up with these characters you believe you know them you know their name you know what they do for a living you know their characters um, with the internet and social media, you know where they were on holidays. You know all this stuff about you, and they don't know anything about you, but you're there, like, experiencing that sort of emotion. And David Nutter, who directed that episode, he would just go around and, like, like break people down emotionally before we'd shoot a scene. And it was the best thing ever, because, obviously, to get, you know, 300 people emotionally invested maybe people never watched the show maybe they just were here for the money or whatever he would go to a crowd of people and he'd be like hey guys and obviously david nutter directed the red wedding and cersei's walk of shame and he's basically royalty and he's the greatest man on the planet and he would be like hey guys how long have you worked here and like you got a group of wildlings behind me i'm like oh three years two seasons oh this is my first day and he'd thank him for coming and oh, I've been here like six years. And then he just pick on a person in the crowd who looks a bit weak emotionally and goes like, wow, six years, man. That's that's more than, and he'd name a character, an actor. He's like, you've been on more episodes than most of the cast. And, and today is the last day, the funeral at Winterfell, which is our, our last filming day ever at Winterfell. So it's all these emotional things happening. And season then this, five, episode four, right? Eight. A season eight episode. Oh, season eight four. episode four. Yeah, that's right, man. And so the funeral. So that was our last filming day, actually at the Winterfell set as well, for ninety percent of the casts and crew and so on. So there's all this weird funeral vibes at a fake funeral, you know. And this guy, he'd just be like, "And the biggest show in the world, and you're in one of the biggest scenes, and and it's all over today, man. And you'll never work oh. on anything as big as this that you'll ever, you know." <laughs> Now the guy's like, lift is quivering, and he's like, perfect, film this guy having a breakdown, and we'll use it like he cares about the Starks, you know? So, um, and then for me and a couple of guys, we were like torch bearers for the cast, so the cast would be past the torch, they would light the funeral pyre on fire, and just before my scene with Kristoff, with David Nutter came up and just kind of like whispered in my ear something, 
and it just like broke me you know what i mean and i was trying to stay you know i was trying to stay composed mm-hmm. and i look behind all my friends everyone's kind of like welling up and then they start playing music you know oh gosh so imagine anyone who's listening right now you're super emotional you haven't slept for 55 nights because you've been filming the episode three all your friends are going and then there's just complete dead silence and they play the orchestral version of barber's adagio for strings so it's uh, i don't want to make the noise but you'll play it now Cl- close your close your eyes everyone and get into that mindset and uh, and the thing the thing that he said to me and hopefully i'll be able to say the sentence without completely breaking down is uh like just be proud of what you guys have done no so like all the people that are on the funeral pyres who are dead they're not obviously dead but like they are friends their family but you should be proud of you finished the biggest thing in the world you know let it go you know so it's like you know this would happen it's rough it's rough yeah so it was really easy to cry because obviously you know you can see it now so that's so (laughs) So, yeah and and, then i i would guess that goes towards his ability of being a director i mean you have to understand how to get that emotion from someone Mm -hmm. if someone needs to cry you can see it you can see it and like what i was kind of observing is all the cast members obviously they've been actors for years and and we've as wilding extras or extras in general we're not given that level we're not given that chance to emote you know we do a bit of this and that but that was the first time it was properly like getting that mindset or whatever <clears throat> yeah. the cast members would have like headphones in just before they're seen and you know they're listening to super super sad songs they're getting into that mindset and like it's a hard thing to do to film a scene where someone's dead and you're crying to then go cut oh what's for lunch oh chicken sweet yeah i'll have the i'll have that and then just come come back into it whereas like the wave of people being on that level of you know people were broken and like as obviously the cast have said like a lot of them broke down and cried but they didn't know it was just because their bodies were just so destroyed like we they filmed from you know you're talking pre-production you know june july of 2017 to june july of 2018 you know what i mean so it's the longest thing ever so um it's tough it was hard like and you know it's insane obviously it's a toll and obviously it was the best thing ever you know so uh what was the question sorry that 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 actually brings us (laughs) in that's that was my favorite scene that was my favorite scene to do and obviously that's right or fondest memory too that was from iron underscore from underscore and that's my and that's my favorite thing about Game of Thrones is the scope of Game of Thrones and how detailed it is. Like it feels like each episode is just a huge budget movie. It's crazy. And the acting is phenomenal. The set pieces are so good. Like just hearing the behind the scenes stories, Eric, that you're sharing is amazing. Like my, my, my appreciation for Game of Thrones goes through the roof. My my personal favorite episode, I'm a Homer. I'm I love Battle of the Bastards. Like that episode is so good. And it's got like everything. It's got redemption. It's got the battle. It has Davo Seaworth talking to Kristoff before the night of the battle, which made me belly laugh what he said. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's it's so good. And like that actual scene, um, so shooting that so I'm actually there at the time, completely off camera, you know, doing my best work. And uh 
Miguel, who directed that episode, we would shoot a scene. So we shot some pre-Battle the Bastard stuff where we're like at a camp and there's obviously tension between the Wildlings and Starks because we don't really like each other and all the other tension. So we shot that scene and then it would cut. He'd cut the camera, he'd let us take, you know, a couple of minutes, like an hour to ourselves and he'd kind of disappear with Davos. And then he'd come back and we'd shoot a different scene. And then the next day, just before we start filming, he'd take Davos, he'd take Lima away and do some scenes and come back. And we didn't know what he was doing because he kept shooting the same scene over and over again. And if you go back and watch the scene, when he finds the stag that uh, Shireen had dropped and the war horn starts, the camera pans away and it shows Davos standing there. And it's where she was burned. And Miguel was basically waiting for the fire, like the sunrise or the sunset, to mimic where she was standing. Whoa. You know what I mean? So he was like shooting it. So it's just insane. Like the thoughts, the way they got, you remember prison break, you know, a Schofield's mind would yeah. work where like you see a screw, but he sees, you know, <laughs> different ways to murder a man with it. <laughs> That's how the team of, of game of Thrones would go through some stuff. And obviously you've had fans of the show who are writing the show. So they're not like, just dropped into it. They know everything as much as people like to, you know, shit on them. They, they knew what they were doing. You know, they made choices and you didn't like their choices. It's not their fault. You know, like it's, it's a, it's a, it's a finger to point. Someone needed to be blamed. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, And it just happens to be those guys. And I'm a massive fan of lost the TV show. Stop. And we could, we could do a whole hour podcast. It's amazing. Um, you know, so so John and Egret are Desmond and Penny. That's that's where I'm at. Um, so uh, those guys who wrote Lost, like Carlton Cuse and Damon Lindelof, like um, they had the same problem that after a certain season, because of the writer strike, they had to take it on themselves. They weren't writers; they were showrunners, mm-hmm. and it was dropped in their lap. And and the ABC wanted more seasons and so on and so forth. And when the, when the show ended and the final scene, final episode of Lost, this is the worst episode of TV ever made. Those two guys are never going to work in Hollywood again. They can't write nothing. And and, da, 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 da. and then like 10 years, like 15 years since Lost is on TV, uh, the Watchmen on HBO yep. is the biggest show they've got. You know who produces that show? Damon Lindelof. Yeah, the guy who, <laughs> guy who did Lost, you know. So, yeah. So, all D and D do have to do is just just wait fifteen years, and uh, and people will, will, you know, they'll forgive them. Well, some people will forgive them. The other people will be like that character from Billy Madison, who's got a list. Um, so, um, yeah. So I think that's a great w- way to ask. So Moody Box asked basically, why did they ruin my favorite series? And you you answered that is so like well, I, I can I can break it down into okay. it you know i can break i can give moody box a, a little bit of you know look into it um and obviously with my instagram and working on the tours and i was getting messages at the end of the show from people i'd met like hey bro uh, i'm from rio i was on your tour in 2016 just wanted to let you know uh, i thought episode three sucked <laughs> and i'm th- and i'm messaging this guy like uh, okay, I'll forward it on to yeah. HBO and they'll... they'll <laughs> yeah, let me know. call D.B. Weiss and let him know yeah, your yeah. comment. So, like, David Benioff and Dan Weiss gave me my job. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. like, so it's, I would never, like, go back on that. Like, I met them. We did a scene together. They do. They feature as wildlings in episode four. And I, like, worked with their cameo and stuff like that. And it was insane to, to, to meet them. 
but I would get people going, who let them write the last six episodes of the whole show? That's complete bull crap. And then I'd like, here's a graph of the 56 episodes out of 73 that they wrote. Where were you in season four, season five? When, you know? mm-hmm. And it's, it's funny to see the scale of people, of people who hate season eight. Then there's people who hate season seven and eight. Then there's people who hate anything after season four. You know, it just depends on where you go. There's guys who read the books, girls who read the books that the books are always better, no matter what. They're, they're never going to be convinced. You know what I mean? So um, it, it's funny that like if they came up with an idea, so they didn't write it on the fly. It's 2016. They came up with an idea. Like, for example, Brienne writes in Jamie's book. A really nice scene to end Jamie's arc. Obviously, Jamie and Cersei were going to die. Everyone knew it. The internet knew it. But just how, they didn't know or whatever. So Brienne writes in Jamie's book. Amazing. Let's put that in the show. But that's like four years ago. Now you've got this one character who has to survive the whole show. But you also have to have the biggest battle in television history. But she can't die. But she has to be on camera. And she can't, you know what I mean? So there's all these restrictions. So they were like getting written into a corner in certain aspects, you know. And obviously I'm not a writer. And uh, people like, oh, you know, def- I, I would never heavily defend it in the way, but I would just try and empathize with it. Yeah. You know, they don't give a shit whether people liked it or not. And not like, oh, they're oh, they're so much richer because, no, it's not. It's like it, they could have made a different decision. We could all be having a different conversation, but someone else will be furious, you know. And uh, that that's, yep. So it's like a million people signed petition to redo season eight. Does that mean that season seven was good then? Or like, what about those? What about those? Were those the million people who liked season seven, but didn't like season eight? Or because if like that's a, the case, you've got, you know, 70 something episodes that you enjoy. A, 60 plus a million people sign a petition to storm area 51. All right. So like, <laughs> I, I would say my, you know, <laughs> for me, like season eight, what I really liked from season eight was, um, the, the episode before the Battle of Winterfell, when they're all just chilling by the fire, mm-hmm. and Podrick just mm-hmm. pod the rod, just starts singing with the pipes. Well, that, that was a, that's what he did yeah. to the girls. He sang. That's, exactly. He sang. As a man who sings, I know exactly <laughs> yeah. how it works. You just sing at them, and then it works. But that that you know? scene was so good just because they were having a good time. They thought they were all going to die. Like it was the night before battle, and they're nervous. Um, and then just Podrick just starts singing Jedi of Old Stones, and I love the montage that it does. So that scene was probably my favorite Unreal. from season eight, just because it's like, oh man, like, and it just was, I didn't know what was mm-hmm. going to happen with the Battle of Winterfell, but also, like, that was the last season of Game of Thrones, too. So that for me also was kind of like, as a viewer, I was like, oh my gosh, like, this is kind of like the goodbye. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, nice little fun fact if you're interested. Uh, obviously callbacks to TV shows and movies and films, Lord of the Rings. So when we were on the set of shooting episode three, um, everyone was like, yo, it's, we're shooting Helm's Deep 2.0. Yeah. Like everybody was, you know, a big massive siege at a big massive castle. And the record held by Lord of the Rings was nine weeks of night shoots and Game of Thrones did 11 weeks of night shoots. So it was, yeah, it was intense. Um, And like Ramin Jawadi, who makes the music for, Game of Thrones, if you go back and you watch the scene where uh, Merry or Pippin, I don't remember which one it is, sings at Gondor 
as Faramir rides to his oh, death. Yeah, spoiler yeah. alert. But, he, mm-hmm. but he's fine. Other spoiler <laughs> alert. Uh, it's it's the same four notes. He starts the song on the same four notes as Jenny of Oldstones, or Jenny of Oldstones starts on the same as a nice little nod to that song that happened in, in Lord wow. of the Rings. Yeah, there's everything. There's there's everything. That's so you know, cool. Easter eggs galore. Um. So yeah. So with with the Battle of Winterfell, you know, you asked me on my fondest memory. Obviously, the funeral thing. It is a fond memory. It's it's you know layered in emotion and a wound that seems to just not close you know <laughs> uh, I, I, I think in a good way in a good way but like I, I got lucky because I got to film like the biggest show in the world with like really good friends of mine and it wasn't like I'm just watching this from when I first started season 5 I didn't know anybody by season 8 everyone knew everybody by you know bro or man or names and because uh, we all look the same if you didn't realize um uh, like sitting there on the set of the show and like winterfell's on fire and it's snowing for real and like i got my good friends around me and it's just like taking it all in just you know i've got mental images of vistas that no one will ever see you know what i mean so that's the kind of things they friendships and everybody says it but like there's people in my phone book that you know, we shot major battles with for whether it be Vikings or Game of Thrones, and it's like I feel better friendships within other people that I've been friends with for 15, 20 years. You know what I mean? It's just a weird. Who is weird who is level. your favorite co-star then, or who is who is a Stop. co-star that you was, got really close with? That. Um, with Vikings, it was a lot easier to be around the the actual stars of the show. Um, but I would never, I've seen so many people get burned in that way of like, it's difficult. You know, you're on like, let's say Game of Thrones. There's people that are there who are like the biggest fans of the show in the world. And they would happily lose their job just to say that they hugged Kit Harrington or they, you know, so it's like, I never wanted to break that relationship of work. Yeah. Like I'm genuinely in work. And holy shit, this is the biggest thing in the world, and that's my favorite character. So um, I would be standoffish. It's like, they're like deer, you know? They're skittish. If you start talking to them, and there was an experience that me and my friend experienced uh, while... So one of my friends uh, owns a breed of dog, which the same Sophie Turner owns the same breed of dog, and it's a really rare breed of dog. And that's a nice little niche conversation to have with each other, which isn't about anything other than their dogs. And this other guy sees that we are now talking to Sansa Stark, creeps over and just kind of hangs around the conversation and then goes, oh, Sophie, how was your holiday in Greece? Ooh. And we're like, what? Biggest read the room. Because, you know, <laughs> they're obviously major celebrities and paparazzi follow them around. And she was papped on a yacht with a bikini and this guy's like, this is the first thing I'll say to her. Hey, I've seen your photos from the internet. You know, like, so there, there's a level of, of protection to, to mm. you know, the, the if there was a, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, if there was a psychological evaluation <laughs> for some of the people we had to work with, uh, yeah, they wouldn't pass it. But, you know, but, but they're really good at fighting yeah, for TV, yeah. you know what I mean? So, uh, so it's, it's that kind of thing. So, like, I worked with Christoph, like, who plays Tormund. 
um, I wouldn't say we're, you know, friends. I mean, we're, it's not thing of, you know, it's a weird thing to say, you know, it was yeah. a good thing to work with him and he's an amazing actor and the stuff even between takes, he's the morale booster to everybody. And like, let's say for example, shooting the feast scene when he has to be drunk and he's pushing Jon Snow around, like Kristoff would like spin around in circles beforehand just so he's proper dizzy, so he's proper messed up, just to be proper stumbling. You know, that's the kind of, you know, uh, the effort he would put in, you know? So, yeah. like, the, the the relationships between, like, cast members and extras and so on, like, um, I actually became good friends with the girl who plays Alice Carstark. And the reason I got talking to her is because I just didn't know she was a cast member in the show until it was too late, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah. and, she'd, and she'd never watched Game of Thrones, so she could have thought, oh, I was a cast member of the show, you know what I mean? So it's that kind of, the, the both of our, you know, stupidity or naivety or whatever, that's what grew the kind of a relationship between us, you know? So um, it, it was difficult because, I, I, like, with the cast members of the show, like, and this goes to anyone listening, the next time you meet someone that you idolize or whatever, try and think of something to say to them that doesn't sound like an interview. You know? That's... Try and think of a question that you can talk to Kit Harrington about that doesn't sound like you're interviewing Kit Harrington. And that's why it's so difficult to, 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 in, to initiate a conversation with somebody. Because if I've seen you guys, oh, hey, how's it going? How's lockdown treating you? And yada, 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 and so on. And like Matt Damon is currently in, in Dublin right now, locked down while he's filming a movie. And it's, it must be amazing to be a person of that level and people can't come over and give take a selfie with you. Yeah. You know? It's like yeah. liberating. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, oh, I took a, sure. a 12-foot selfie with Matt Damon there when he was down in the shop from six feet away, you know? <laughs> Where's so, your selfie stick? Um, yeah, so it, it's really hard to kind of build a... Re- and obviously, they have to be super careful because yeah. you don't know, you know, I could be... Like, my part-time job was a tour guide for Game of Thrones, and Christoph or, or Kit, they could tell me an information thing that then I could give to the tourists of Game of Thrones. And then that would that morsel would travel across the world. And then it comes a thing of like, well, he told me in confidence yeah. and now I've told a bus and they've, you know, done that. So it's really, it's, I was really cautious about what I said or how I spoke and just to be careful with everything, you know what I mean? Yeah. So. What's one of those morsels that you give out? We we like to give sweet movie morsels, so maybe this this will also be a sweet movie morsel, even though it's a TV. What's one of those morsels that you'll share on the tour with people? Uh, well, my whole brain is full of Game of Thrones facts, like literally. That that's yeah. that's it, and then it's you know it's hurt relationships because I'm just been talking about Game of Thrones the whole time and I'm, so, I'm sorry but if I was a mechanic I'd be talking about cars like give me a break um, yeah, that's, so, why, that's why we're here oh, it's hard to think there's so many which one do I put on record forever uh, <laughs> um, I don't know I don't know it'll, it'll see, come like, to the me the weirdest one about um We'll, we'll go Kit Harrington. A weird fact about Jon Snow or morsel so that you give on the tour. So I'm pretty sure he has agoraphobia. Pretty sure. Which is the fear of crowds and the fear of people and the fear of being crushed to death. 
So just maybe, maybe it's not a morsel. Maybe it's a public service announcement to like leave the guy yeah. alone. <laughs> like if a crowd of 50 people are running at him, like just that's his biggest, it's not heights or spiders or, you know, commitment. It's like genuinely being crushed to death. And obviously Battle of the Bastards, what's the best thing to do is exploit his fear by having him oh, crushed to death. Right, where he's nearly and, so there's, there's Miguel Sapochnik's mind working again, you know, let's torture him, you know? So, um, Interesting fact about Kit, he's a, he's a lovely man. He's a lovely man. Nice. And uh, he explained a story to me and a couple of guys, and it makes sense, and I'm going to have to curse, but maybe I won't. Uh, he was working uh, uh, at the time of growing the level of Game of Thrones that he, that he got to. You know, his celebrity is going up and up and up and up. He was working with a guy um, on a Broadway show, West End show, and this guy was like, you know, an older gentleman, explaining back in the 80s he would walk through a crowd of people and women would jump on him and just try and rip him and touch him and do all that sort of stuff and he tried he tried to explain that what he did is he would just tell a lot of people to f off he would tell a lot of people you know i'll kick your ass i'll and he built this pretend reputation so that when people would walk down the street and they seen him and you guys are like, oh, there's that guy. Let's take a photo. But no, no, I hear he like punches people in the face. <laughs> that's that's given him now a reputation that no one's going to approach him, which is good for him because now he gets to live his life. And yeah, the th- like the thing of he was explaining is like, so he's like, sometimes like Kate said, like sometimes I tell people to f- off, so people in the future leave me alone. You know what I mean? He sets so that precedent. So there's a fake precedent that he's a bit of a jerk, but uh, knowing now like that he's putting it on, you know, because if you're walking through the street and he can't even buy toilet paper without it being on the news, you know, you know, John John Snow uses a toilet like oh, gee, you, you know, know. <laughs> John Snow yeah. Yeah, all the time. Uh, imagine, imagine, oh. I would. You uh, know, that's actually pretty smart right. though to do that. Ah, yeah, yeah. So, I like, mean, yeah, I, you've I'm got so- one of two things: you either you know, make yourself look like a jerk to everyone except for the friends you're closest with, or you make everyone seem like you're really nice when maybe mm-hmm. you aren't in actuality to put up that front. Yeah. I'd so, probably rather just be nicer to the quality friends that you have. I could see that yeah. he'd do that. So, you know, there's, there's actors that I'm like, oh, I'd love to get a photo with that guy or hang out. But I'm like, I hear they're a bit of a, you know, but I know, oh, it's, yeah. but I'm like, I don't want to take that risk. I don't want to get torn apart by Christian Bale in public, you know. So, <laughs> like he did uh, that lighting guy on Terminator Salvation. Maybe, maybe. end up getting ripped apart and yelled at. Basically, oh, I don't remember that. Um, I don't nope. remember that. Yikes! <laughs> just, just one second. There's some technical noise happening. <laughs> there we. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm ready. For I, I didn't want to interrupt. You know, you guys oh, talking with Eric. Just, Eric uh, I got, Sorry. Let's go through a couple more of these of these sweets questions yes. real quick. There's a couple more. Sure. Um, who do you think should have ended on the throne? Who do I think should have ended on mm-hmm. the throne? Um, I like that the throne was non-existent. You know, yeah. at the end of it, uh, obviously the Night King. Because imagine just killing everyone in episode three. Like say in their six episodes, just kill everyone in episode three, and just be like, what? And then leave it at that you know um you know because we shoot fake scenes why not just shoot the whole fake final season of the show um so it's it's got like 
I say John, and this is the thing, it's like, if I say John Snow, you know, oh, why? Because that, it's too obvious. And then that's the position I guess D&D were in, is if they put Daenerys and John shared throne, then everyone who watches the show who doesn't read past the lore of the first episode, was like, oh, nice, nice little fantasy ending, Lord of the Rings ending, everyone's happy, some people die. You know, too obvious. True. If you put anybody else on that throne then there's a problem because, you know, doing the tour, I know that continents around the world have different favorite characters. You know what I mean? So I've noticed that like Asia, like India and places like that, Arya is the best character in the world. And if you go to like Ireland, Scotland, you know, all the, the hound, Tormund, that kind of, you know, cursing party animal, you know, that exactly Scottish and Irish person, they their favorite characters you know so they had no they could it's impossible to, to pick you know so uh the throne destroyed get rid of it get rid of it Bye. that's I li- all i like, like that it got pretty like much that it got pretty, melted yeah i actually i had a theory mm-hmm. that would have been cool which i thought was my own theory and then other people also thought the same thing but i was hoping that bran i thought it'd been cool bran being on the throne being the king and everything um the last scene would just zoom in onto his eyes and it'd just go blue like the Night King. And I've been like, and then just end mm-hmm. it. Could you imagine the uproar? Yeah. <laughs> like it's, 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 it, it, it would be amazing. And the, you know, a million people would sign a petition to that is the worst yeah. ending in the world. Yeah. But, 100%. Uh, no, but like, a million all these things. And, yeah. And I was just like, it's, it's funny that kind of, you know, the first DVD box has Ned Stark on it. And then there's like a raven sitting on the throne and people are like, yo, the three-eyed raven, he's been playing this game for thousands oh, of years oh, and just got into brand and net, like, all, and I'm like, it's so good. Like people are so good at writing Game of Thrones, you know, <laughs> like it, it's, <laughs> it's too bad. Versions. It's too bad. They, they don't, you know, work as writers before they rewrite a whole show. Um, but it's, it's, you know, it's crazy. The fan theories and I like love them. And that's what I watch. Like, being a tour guide and obviously a fan of the show like and experiencing on the set of game of thrones watching reaction channels like people watching game of thrones for the first time or just watching people watch the red wedding and watching their boyfriends just film their face as you know they have mental breakdowns or you know people's moms just going this is the worst show in the world or you know watching Jon snow be that baby that liana gave birth to, you know, all these little moments, you know. That was emotional. Um, I remember sitting with my wife just like arm on her, just like (laughs) what what is, no way and that, and then obviously the Red Wedding, Mm because me and my wife binged it for two months, Mm -hmm. we watched all of it to like, basically we caught up with the last two episodes and I think that's maybe why I don't mind, because I I didn't start from the beginning I like all of it, because it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, it's all really cool, maybe, you know there's a lot of continuity. There's a lot of things that don't really get resolved, mm-hmm. but it was a fun ride for me. I like the end, how everyone kind of has their own separate ways. You know, John's able to go be King of the North. Sansa stays. Brands, you know, Brands over all of Westeros. Um, and for you, which character would you like to be? If you could play any of the characters, this comes I'm from... Just trying to see, like, which ones did get brutally murdered? All right, I have a question for you guys. Who had the worst death in Game of Thrones? 
because I'll tell you who I think it is, and then I'll let you see if that if your death is worse oh, than my death. I think who's got the worst death in the show? Me, I think it's the Viper from the Mountain from the hands of the Mountain. That's the mm-hmm. worst death because oh. I was like, that's oh, that's, that's, that's the thing with right. Game of Thrones. There was no plot armor. Like when when Egret, mm-hmm. that's a really bad death too because when like she pulls mm-hmm. the bow and arrow and then just puts it down and then John was like ready to die. Like I thought John was gonna die. And then Ollie just snipes her. I was just like, what? what? I was watching it like at midnight. And I, out loud, I was just like, what? So I would probably say the Viper because I was like, he beat the mountain. Let's go. And then just bam. So that's for me, the Viper. I need to Google the name of this character because I've just, kind just of forgotten. Say, I, I got it. Come on. Put me on the Caitlin spot. Caitlin Stark when she gets her throat slit at the Red Wedding. Just right. something about getting your throat slit for me. It's because they did like it to no horse. music. It was just huh? complete silence. It was just done to complete silence. And it was after the fact. So like filming, let's say Rickon's death, where it's like Ramsey shoots one arrow, then two arrows, then the third arrow in every TV show in the world, that third oh, arrow would have killed yeah. him. But it yes, didn't. I s- it hits him by his leg. And you're like, oh shit, he's going to, and then he's dead. So before you finished the sentence, they, and that's, I think, what they did perfectly with Catelyn's death is everyone's dead. Rob's dead. Everyone's dead. And then just in pure silence, the guy just walks up and just, you know, a second earlier, you, it would have been like, oh, that's horrible. A second mm-hmm. later with a pause, you're going, maybe she's, you know, she's maybe allowed to go. Maybe she's, you know, she's related to, or she's maybe been, she has know. to live with the fact that like she was the only one left alive from the Red Wedding. Mm-hmm. Who, is that your is Sorry. that your worst death, Eric? Uh, no, no, no. The worst death in Game of Thrones is the guy. Uh, I'm going to butcher his name, but Zero Zoan Doxos, when he gets locked in the vault with that girl. <gasps> oh yeah. <laughs> so he was lying to Daenerys the whole time, and he has no money, and uh, they get put in a vault because like now, the two of you guys, you know, you've been lying to me the whole time. You ain't got no gold. I'm going to lock you guys in a vault. You're going to die eventually. You can't hear. No one can hear you get out. So now do you get him to, Tanner, do you get him to kill you first and then like eat him because that survived longer? Or do you get, Keith, do you let him kill you first so your misery's over? And that, there's, the, there's the game you play for two and a half weeks without oh food. Oh my good night. That is the worst <laughs> death now that I think about it. I don't even like. I don't oh, even like my, thinking my about f- that. <laughs> Geeks. Oh, yeah. I'm just. I just. Oh. Oh my like, gosh. What, what do you do? You know, hopefully try and survive, and you know, or instantly murder him and her, or because there's nothing in the room. Yeah, it's not like you can like so, so get like a knife or something and just kill yourself. Uh, just stuck it's, in there. It's, it's bare hands and then starvation, oh, you know? So, I maybe just play a nice which, game of... Which I'm sure... a nice if, game of Would You Rather. If, if Thor Bjornsson, you know, if Thor Bjornsson decides to crush my skull, I'm pretty sure he'll hit the nerve in my brain that stops all pain before, you know, before it's too late. So <laughs> Yeah, true. Uh, you know, so I'm sure yours is like... I think you can survive with a cutthroat as well, which is maybe worse. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I... Let's just, let's just, I just something about hide. slit throats. It's for the me. prosthetic. I can't, I can't it, the prosthetic it. is so good. Oh. They definitely built like a whole layer of Catelyn Stark's like throat over her throat. You know, like a big. Crazy. Anyway. 
Enjoy your breakfasts, anybody listening to this. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> bon appetit. Oh, um, okay, so go ahead. any character that you would like to be, who would you like to play on the show? So instantly then try and survive the whole show uh, with the less pain, the least pain as possible. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, Tormund, you know, he had some good That's times. Choice. You know, he... Yeah, it was rough, but it wasn't too rough that he's, you know, trapped in a vault forever. Like, as much as I'd love to be Jon Snow, I, I don't want to get no. stabbed or no. die or come back to life and have my mm-hmm. greatest love killed. And then, you know, so... And have so, to kill uh, your other love. Mercy. Yeah, and then... Um, yeah, everyone had a pretty rough time. I'm trying to think who was the guy that just popped up, did nothing, I, and, you know, Sam. living the dream. Uh, oh, what was the guy's name? Salador Sands, uh, Davos's other sea captain who just lived in a jacuzzi with women. What was him? Oh. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe his. Wait, did he die? Did I miss something? Is he, is he okay? I would, I would be d- <laughs> Salador Sands. Is or Salador Sand. Oh! Uh, it says two. Oh, no, he's alive. Okay. He lives. Living the dream. Yeah. That's me. Yeah, that's, that's a good that's choice. Me. I'd go Davos Seaworth, which yeah. is actually my favorite character from Game of Thrones. I love Davos Seaworth. He is hilarious. He's your, a great mm-hmm. consultant. Cut your fingers great off. Great consultant. He's One. hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I'm going the Hound. Because if I die, I, I, I'm going out in that in flames of glory. Amazing. Killing my brother. My Just blinded. You know, that's, yeah. that's one thing season eight gave us. They gave us the Hound versus the Mountain. What an epic scene. Ooh, the, the game ball. ball. The game ball. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, like, before I kind of got into the tour job or whatever, it was just like, watch it, like, what the hell's click? You know, so Oberon's death was ruined on me by YouTube comment oh. sections. You know, so I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting to know the biggest spoiler in the world. And I'm, I'm going to find that guy. <laughs> just <laughs> whatever his favorite show is. And I'm going to, I'm going to tell him who's dead or who like, you'll probably um, be on it and you'll just DM him. Hey, just so you know, there's, there's a really, really long story of a guy doing that. Um, somebody, somebody ruined in Avengers infinity war oh, for no. him. So he ended up finding the guy's handle. He created a new YouTube and ended up befriending the guy for a whole year and then went to watch Endgame. And then he's like, hey, did you watch Endgame yet? And he's like, no. Nah. It's like, And then just told him the whole storyline of the whole thing. It was like, yo, uh, last year you ruined Infinity War on me. And he's like, what? Dude, I thought we were friends. Like, nah, this was like the biggest long call what? in the world. So yeah, there's, <laughs> there's people out there and there's probably people now who are doing it longer oh than a year. God. You know, so maybe you did some bad shit in like 2005. People are going to tell you, you know. Um, so don't ruin Speaking movies on of people. Lost, that sounds something like Sawyer would do. I don't even know if Sawyer would do that. The long the call. Long what an episode. Great episode. That, yeah. Oh my God. <clears throat> um, so, just to answer the original question that you started about 45 minutes ago, there's a dog. There's a dog on screen, everyone. And if you don't say, oh, God, there's a dog, then you're not Ooh, a real human being. Um, so, working on the show, working on Game of Thrones, a Battle of the Bastards, I met a group of guys, a group of brothers, and they actually worked on the tours uh, before me. They, uh, Their dogs are in the show. Their dogs were... Uh, the direwolves, Bran Stark's direwolf and Rob Stark's Ooh. direwolf. So as part of the tour, you could meet their dogs 
and they would give you a story of how they got on the show. And I was staying on their couch and they said, hey, man, we work on this tour uh, and the, the tour runs from Dublin. Do you want to talk to the guy, the boss? And, and I got in touch with the, the boss of the tours and he's like, yo, I've heard you've worked on loads of shows. Um, we run a tour bus from Dublin. Would you like to talk about Game of Thrones all day? And I said, I hate people and I hate bus traveling. Um, but I need a job, so yes. So I just grin and bear it for the last four years. Every morning, <laughs> f- five to eight, I just don't want to talk to anyone. Eight o'clock, I am on till seven p.m. And then as soon as it's seven p.m., I'm like, I don't, don't, don't talk to anybody. I just sit in my taxi or Uber on the way home in complete silence. And, uh, and then five stars for the guy because he nailed it for not talking to me. And <laughs> that's a that's a nice talent to have is reading the room. If you're an Uber driver. Someone doesn't want to talk to yeah. you. Don't talk to him. I used to go to college in a music Underrated. studio. I used to go to college in a music studio, and if I took a taxi home, they would know they're picking up from a music studio. I would write a note saying that I'm on vocal rest, so they wouldn't talk to me. I would like <laughs> because yeah, I know that's uh, some petty <laughs> shit right there. <laughs> but it's so good. I I'm just get that out one in the back pocket. I, I get out and I go, "Cheers, bro," and that's it. Or "Cheers," and and that's it. Because you know, the last thing I want to do is talk about sports while he tries to not run over cyclists yeah. um so <laughs> you know it's best to sit inside how long did you do those tours for eric again i'm still doing it i mean other than the pandemic yeah. shutting tourism down um so i don't know four, four years. years four years of the summers so four four or five summers this would have been i think my fifth summer dang so, so yeah so, so when you, when you guys come over you can and jump oh, on and all. I would love. Okay. I would love nothing you know. more. I would love to do a tour. My wife graduates with a <laughs> PhD next year, and we're t- planning on doing like a nice, a nice little Europe trip. So I'm, I'm keeping straight your to phone Ireland. And, straight to Ireland. Oh, if it was, and, up and, to you, me, and you do all the things that people do when they come here, like drink, drink in a pub, or see some green stuff. <laughs> I'm, I'm a really good That's tour so guide by the way you know so uh, I'm a tour guide for Game of Thrones just in case people ask me where do I eat in Dublin I, I eat in my house I go home to my house and I eat there I don't, I don't go to restaurants in Dublin City Centre I'm not a maniac um, so yeah definitely come over it'll be sweet I, I think this leads so we've gone over all the Game of Thrones stuff which yes. by the way I think my greatest takeaway from this for season 8 is that Say what you want about what it was. For the people involved, it meant so much to them. And we thank you so much for just conveying that emotion. I mean, I, I'm, we've both just been transfixed this whole time on you talking about Game of Thrones, your experience there behind the scenes. <clears throat> now we're going to switch gears real quick into a TV show that you love, that I've been watching. I don't know if TC's watched any of it. Is X on the freaking beach, dude? This this is the pinnacle of, of what's it called? Car crash television? <laughs> is that the genre it for is. it? Because right, everyone knows that I, I love Love Island, and I had asked you if you watched it. You've never seen Love Island. No, no, I can't get but into that. I can't me. get into that circle. If I do, then I'm gone. I'm gone. I'm lost to TV forever, you know. So it is um, it, it's not it, as big of a train wreck as X on the Beach is. I want you to explain X on the Beach to anyone who hasn't seen it. So uh, it's the best thing in the world. First of all, the first season was done correctly where they just told, I think, well, like 16 single people, they're going to go to a party island. And then all of a sudden, all their exes start coming out to the house as well, which, you know, 
I've been pretty lucky if any of my exes are listening that they're not, you know, completely insane or I'm hopefully <laughs> not included. Well, maybe they're like, yeah, he is. Turn off podcast. Um, so, uh, luckily this just, is at the end. The so they're already of, invested. The amount of just, it's so good. So good because they bring people on. And obviously if you're in a house with, you know, good looking women and good looking guys and there's alcohol and, the sun is out and you're going to obviously build relationships because obviously the stuff they show you on TV is half an hour of three days. They're in that house for three days straight. You know, they are on lockdown the whole time. No phones, no nothing. And then all of a sudden your ex-girlfriend's here and she wanted a guy who was six inches taller than you. Well, there's 15 of them to choose from. And now you're looking at, you know, the worst fear of all the guys of their exes cheating on them or whatever is now on. Yeah, it's the best, the best television show Tony, in the world. As much it, as it's the, as much as it's the worst television show many, in the world, and how many definitely seasons are there? Both, like masses of people. Yes, uh, not a clue. Like, it, it, it's not, like, a, it's not a kind of seasonal thing you yeah, go for. Yeah. It, it's just on. It's just on sometimes, and that's it. Yeah. You know, it's we, something. Me that, and Becky, we got a VPN so that we could go to Australia, Australia's <clears throat> MTV website, and watch a season. And there's no cash prize. Like Love Island, if you win and you make it to the end, you get 50K that you can split with your partner that you end up with. And they're looking for love. X on the beach, from what we saw, is just like, people just like hook up with their ex and then they're like, yeah, eh, they- I don't think so. <laughs> so emotionally, emotionally beaten for, you know, all of the viewers of MTV. Oh, but you might get some sort of, you know, magazine deal when you're out. Or you'll yeah. become, you become an Instagram influencer, you know, which is the highest paying job in a lockdown right now. So... Uh, it's so true, you know. So don't forget to buy the merch that I'm flogging, or 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 not. You know, it's <laughs> whatever. <laughs> we'll, we'll get you that little ad spot. That no, it it, it 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 doesn't matter. It we, doesn't matter. I'll just anyone, force anyone curious, good clean should watch X on the beach. Clean ad spot now. Uh, yeah, definitely watch X on the beach and the celebrity one. You know, if you want to see a, a celebrity's second cousin who uses the celebrity of their second cousin to be a celebrity um, <laughs> fall in love and then have oh, it's the best thing in the world but we need another hour yeah I, wa- I watched, <laughs> uh, I watched exactly a, this will be a, a totally separate I one. watched a clip of X on the beach and it was bare and he goes in the bathroom and starts making out with some girl and then it has like the subtitles and it goes do you fancy me and I just started to lose it and I was like wow so it has people called bear in it yeah, come on it's wild come on MTV Hook me up. I got some. <laughs> I got some friends with some crazy exes. You know, we can we can have this thing shut down in a um, month. And and I think the the cr- another thing that I love is the accents of these people. I th- they just take people with the craziest versions of the accents that they have and throw them on as well. Because without subtitles, I can't understand about twenty percent. It's it's TV. It's the it's great X Factor generation. You know, as as mm-hmm. you know, maybe Matt would know as well. Yeah. But like when you when you audition for The Voice or you audition for The X Factor, you do three auditions before you go on the TV show. Yeah. And you, the producers are like, oh, they are unstable and they can't sing. You're going to Hollywood because <laughs> you're about to lose your mind live in front of 80 people, you know. So uh, if you're good, you're good. They start building your story you know, hopefully some relative has died recently so you can have that sad piano music in the background. Um, <laughs> and then they just build this, this story from it, you know? So 
Uh, the TV show, if they're casting for any of these things, they are casting for people who are willing to do anything. You know, and Ricky Gervais show extras, the Christmas special where his character Andy Millman goes into the Big Brother. Sh- uh, he goes into the Big Brother show. If this is all complete nonsense to you, uh, watch it. It's amazing. But he completely destroys that type of television in a big, massive speech, and it's amazing. Um, yeah, so watch X on the Beach. Be I think it was the tagline of tagline of this podcast. <laughs> Go watch no, next on the I want to share a quick story to Eric because I mentioned this when we we're messaging back and forth, and that is destiny is old. So here, here's my mm. here's my Last Kingdom my story jam. real quick. Um, I, I had a yes. couple of friends recommend The Last Kingdom to me, and it's on Netflix. It's actually a really cool show. I really like it a lot. And um, I've heard that. Yeah, it was like two three years ago. And they're like, you should watch Last Kingdom. I take recommendations from my friends. I value them. So I was like, sure, I'll try it out. And they're like, it's on Netflix. So I'd start it, and like right at the opening, just the prologue is insane. I'm like, holy crap, this is going into it. I was like, wow. And then I'm like three episodes in, and then Eric, I kid you not, I look at it. I'm like, wait, did I skip a season? I started season two instead of season one. (laughs) Amazing. Amazing. I couldn't believe it. I did the same thing. I did the same thing. For the last Uh, kingdom? With... No, with oh. Westworld. Oh, so I was like, gosh. oh, watch this show, Westworld. Oh, sweet. Yeah, let me let me watch this. And uh, how do I do this without someone getting shut down? So somehow I had the 10 episodes of Westworld on my laptop. You know, somehow. I don't know why. They were just there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and uh, because the way people name stuff, sometimes it's badly named. And I was like, Westworld? And it looked like 01, 01 but it seems to me it was 0110. And I'm like, oh, okay, so they're a robot. I knew it was about robots and stuff. And I had watched the, I was like, whoa, the first episode is an hour and a half long. That's pretty intense for the first episode. Turns out I watched the first, the last episode of season one oh first. Oh my God. The, oh, whole, no. The, whole, no, the whole spoiler of, oh, that guy's a robot or that girl's a robot. And everyone, everyone's a robot. Spoiler alert. Um, True. And then it's all a dream and a dream. And it's just like, yeah, so... You know, that just shows you, kids. Never download stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or it was—it wasn't me. It wasn't me. Please don't. Please don't no, come you, for me. Now, Eric, we yeah. want to know what some of your favorite TV shows are as we come and route out this pod here. Uh, obviously, the best show ever made is Game of Thrones. Just you know, throwing it out there. Whether I worked on it or not, it's 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 up there. Uh, Lost. Like Lost is, you know, the best. it's a show. It built relationships. It's the first show, I think, when it was invented back in the day, it was before the binge-watching gene was, you know, evolved into human beings. And I remember sitting, <laughs> uh, watching all season one, wrapped in a duvet, all of a sudden. Like, the whole thing. The whole Sunday, I ruined just to watch all season one. So Lost, you know, the first show to make me cry watching it because... It's just, wow. they, they had you. They had you by the balls for anyone that was about to die. You're, you know what I mean? Sort of thing. And uh, what TV shows? Money Heist. I mean, oh, I haven't seen that. That's, okay. that's it. If, if you've not watched it, watch it. It's like Prison Break and Breaking Bad mixed together in some Prison sort of break. Spa- Spanish break. novella. Oh, um, Spanish novella. TV shows? Me. 
like the best TV shows or my favorite TV shows? Because you know some of the stuff I watch, as oh, you favorite, know, yeah, cannot be good. <laughs> Go with favorite too. Uh, oh man, you guys ever watched the Inbetweeners? I think you guys got an American version. It was cancelled after the first episode because it is terrible. Uh, Inbetweeners, <laughs> it's about four guys who are in school, the same age as us when we were in school, and literally their lives are the exact same as most people growing up in school. Um, definitely watch it. And uh, it's a comedy. And, the, you know, it's a nerd, a weirdo, a normal, normal kid who just can't get it with girls. He just can't cope with himself. And then uh, a bullshitter, a guy who just lies about everything that he's ever did. He can definitely ride this motorcycle. He's been with every woman in, in the room. You know, that sort of... <laughs> and, ju- and just their lives, you know, so... Um, I know last week you watched Breaking Bad with your girlfriend, right? Yes. Where does yes. that rank for you? Yeah, it's. I totally forgot it existed, even though I literally spent the last you know week of lockdown watching the whole thing. It, it's up there, but I think it's up there because it's up there every for everybody. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, just a good what, show, you know. And like, it, it's funny to watch, you know, the Fly episode where people are like, "Yo, skip that episode." You know, there's there's forums to skip that episode. Mm-hmm. But then there's forums of like, this is the best episode of Breaking Bad when he stays in a room all day with a fly because, you know, it's Walter's character and so on. So uh, rewatching it, it's good. The, there's some more. I, I, I could have skipped a few episodes and I guess that's not a good thing. Um, but, you know, Ozymandias, one of the best episodes of TV ever created, you know, uh, directed by Ryan Johnson, who the Internet decided to murder afterwards. Yeah. You know, so like, and that goes back to Game of Thrones when people were DMing me like, oh, why did they let those guys direct the last episode? And I was like, yeah, they should have got the guy who did Ozymandias for Breaking Bad. And they're like, yeah, yeah, they should get that guy. I was like, who was he? I was like, oh, Ryan Johnson, the guy that you guys were giving out about six months ago about The Last Jedi. You know, so it's just like, I I just love, like, I'm not going to get into an argument that I'm not going to win. You know what I mean? So I will just mess, mess with the internet. Uh, and so on. So, Breaking Bad is up there, but it's it's it ebbs and flows depending on on the mood. The Last Kingdom, I've been binge watching that, and I have literally got his accent since I've been in this house with just my girlfriend. Like, I'm you know, in, I'm doing an impression of Uhtred, son of Uhtred. That, that's it, you know. Screaming, destiny is all, and fetch me some ale, you know, while I get some water. You now, know? Wed her, um, bed her. And yeah, it's good. And, Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else is there? Everything. I am, I'm all about TV. That's what you like. The next question is my favorite movies. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm more of a TV guy. And now I'm like, why can't I think of TV shows? You know? <laughs> Jersey Shore. Thanks, America. Oh, we've been watching um, Jersey Shore. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, just all it's, the trash it's, TV. It's, it's just that the, I, I'll do it on tour where I'm like, oh, like I, I knew of America, you know, Jersey Shore taught me a lot. And then people would apologize. And I'm like, no, don't worry, man. I love that show. Um, I, I want to, okay, to go along yes. with that, I lived in South America for a couple of years and someone was like, oh, yeah, the United States. I know what that's like. I was like, oh, where, what did you, what have you been? He's like, yeah, the city Los Santos. And I was like, oh, the Grand Theft Auto oh. 5 city. <laughs> That's what he had based his idea of America, the United States on. Um, Amazing. I think yeah, when I was in it, I went to LA and it is the exact same map as San Andreas. 
And it was just like the the girl I was with at the time. She was like, "Why you? How did you know it's down there?" I was like, "Ah, you know, <laughs> I played this game. Me and CJ, oh. we used to we used to hang out by this bridge. Um, <laughs> Me and CJ on the bag of my hand. Yeah, so." Uh, I think I think it's time then to round it out with your fa- favorite five movies and now favorite five. You can throw in as many as you want. We just this is five. perfect, Eric. This is the hardest part, so, so you got it. Yeah, I'm gonna completely cop out and just you know just start randomly like naming movies. Uh, first of all, the best movie ever made ever is The Prestige, but done by my. Ooh. My brother, Christopher Nolan. Yeah. <laughs> I, I watched... Yeah, because he kicked me out of the house. I'm not his brother, by the way. I watched that uh, with... Uh, I... <laughs> you would be Batman. No, 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 no. Wow, the prestige. No. He's, um, I, I'm actually... Robert Pattinson is going to kill Batman. I don't mean kill it in a bad way. He's going to be the best Batman. Uh, here, put it on record. Robert Pattinson will be the best Batman. Right, Edward Cullen, right there he's got you. it. He's got it. Anyway, he's so uh, talented. Prestige, just, Prestige, best just, movie ever made. I've watched it so yeah. many times. If you haven't watched the Prestige, go and watch it. You've literally nothing to do. If you're, you know, frontline worker and you're out working, watch the Prestige instead. Right, it's fine. I, I gotta ask you real quick um, on the Prestige: Which team are you on? Are you on Christian Bale or Hugh Jackman's team? Christian okay. Bale, all the way. Okay. Because I just rewatched it and I was like, I was villain. floored. <clears throat> All right. Jealousy gets you nowhere. Yeah, you know? right. Man, that is a good movie. And that's like, you know, and it's, it's a thing as well where, uh, like, you know, you guys will know, everyone knows, everyone experienced the, the quote from this movie where, uh, like, he shows the kid how to do the magic. And it's something that's stuck with me for, you know, since I've seen the movie a million times, where it's like, never tell anyone your secret the secret of how you did this because as soon as you tell them your secret of how you did this how you made that song how you record that how you did that magic trick you are then worthless to them you know what i mean and it's such a obviously i'm butchering the quote to pieces right now but it's like they'll want it they'll want to talk to you they'll want to know everything about it and as soon as you give it up then your value is gone you know what i mean so it's it's a thing like where people and it's it's that level of you know people were asking me like oh how did i get into the show and how did i get into this and what was the exact steps i took to be in game of thrones and i've got like seven thousand people that i know who look like exactly like me long hair and a beard if i tell them how i did it then i've got seven thousand people in the queue that i have to now line up with you know what i mean so it's just like that the balance of, of what to choose, what to say, you know. So, yeah. uh, obviously, I'm on Christian Bale's team because I didn't see it coming. And then I watched it again. And it's that thing of, that's so good. It's the best movie ever made. And, uh, yeah, watch The Prestige. You know, there, there's my it plug. Watch, watch The Prestige. <laughs> um, I mean, other movies, super bad. That is a movie that I could put on right now and just watch it. Because same thing, it's 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 growing up with these things and growing up just in that perfect level of what age I was, where that's how our friends act and that's how your friends act and so on. And it's so, it, it you know, it's, it's the word they, they use. It's still relevant in certain things. You know, some jokes may not hit in this day and age, um, but 
it's 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 up there. It's one of the my favorite movies, I guess. Not the top movies because, you know, if we go off IMDb ratings, you know, then Game of Thrones would be the worst thing in the world. Uh, so, yeah. What else have we got? I mean, The Dark Knight, obvious choice. I'm just just repping my family hard here. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Interstellar's a good uh, one. Inception. Nah, a- <laughs> nah, nah, it's not. I didn't. I didn't like it. Whoa. You know, Matt, you can fire me now if you want. Hot take. Uh, <laughs> we say it on the pod all the time. Like what you like, dislike what you dislike. No, True. I think I think I, I didn't. I didn't get it. I don't think you know. Well, I did get it, but it wasn't up there. Okay. Inception. Inception. The Dark Knight. You can see the pattern emerging here, you know. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Inception. It's insane. It's one of the best movies ever made, ever. And what else is there? I'm trying to avoid Christopher Nolan movies now. Um, Shutter Island. Christopher Nolan oh, didn't do that, no, did he? Martin, Mar- no, uh, Scorsese. So, so, yeah, just double checking. Uh <laughs> So you guys know the Mandela effect, yes. right? Yes. Right. So well, you know if if I if explain I explain it real quick in a relation to Game of Thrones, uh, a Lannister always pays its debts or his debts or her debts or whatever. Mm-hmm. Are those the house words for House Lannister? I don't know. No. No. What is it? It's hear hear me roar, and people will. It's the Mandela effect is. Uh, it's hard to explain. It's like people remember things differently because of uh, it's all alternative reality. Rick and Morty nonsense is the best science yeah, I'm going to give. Yeah. Um, so people people will say like you know for example, uh, Luke, I am your father. For forty years has been misquoted. He says no, Luke, I am your father. I think he says Luke. I want he says again. no, I am your father. That's what I'm pretty says. sure it says Luke now as well. Oh, you know what I mean? So we're Mandela yeah. affecting ourselves mid exactly because I'm pretty sure that Shutter Island ended differently to what I watched. I watched it the first time, and then I watched it again, and I'm like, this is alternative endings. Maybe it's a good way to mess with this, you know, especially Shutter Island. Uh, but Shutter Island Marty is amazing. Scorsese throwing out alternative endings. I wouldn't put it past him. He probably would do it. Uh, what else is there? Throw us one more. Mm-hmm. See, the thing is, I, I, I only watched Scarface about nine months ago. I've never seen the Godfather movies. You know, so... Triple X. Vin Diesel's Triple oh. X. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Whoa, he's going all... <laughs> yeah, there, there's a nice, you know subvert expectations Let's right there go. vin diesel's triple x that's the first time on the pod triple x it, it's the best movie ever made and vin diesel if you're listening put me in triple x for <laughs> welcome to the xander zone squared and come on the pod um, yeah 100 imagine the base there'd just be women listening there'd, there'd be snakes coming from miles uh it's a nice Simpsons joke if anyone gets that. Uh, <laughs> Welcome so, to the Xander Zone. X A N D E R X O N E. Like it's the best movie ever made. And I went to Czech Republic last year and I just kept looking at the stairs where he uses the he uses the tray to Legolas down the side of the stairs. Uh the bridge where he jumps off the bridge and it plays that James Bond style music. Um yeah, I'm losing. We're losing everyone. This is the best movie ever made. Uh, Tony Hawk is in it. He's, he's Tony I Hawk don't is think in it. There is a better movie to define 
action, like just like crappy action, not even crappy, just action movies of the 2000s. It's Triple the best. X. Matt Hoffman is in it. And the dialogue <laughs> Matt Hoffman does is the great, me and my friend would quote this constantly where Xander Cage walks into a party for him because he just jumped a guy's Corvette off a bridge, did a parachute and then uh, drowning pool plays. You know, this, this movie is the best movie ever made. And then Tony Hawk picks him up in a convertible. Uh, but he talks to Matt Hoffman and Matt Hoffman's like, Hey Xander, are you working on that new triple backside flip, slippity flip flip? And he's like, yeah, I'm working on that. And he just goes, word. And it's just so, it's so good. <laughs> Matt Hoffman was paid a lot of money to just go word, word because, because, you know, 20 years ago, that was cool. You know, because, because, because word is the 20, you know, 2020s lit, you know, so, <laughs> Xander so, Cage. That's so yeah. true. You know, moral of the story, don't be a dick. Uh, welcome to Anarchy 99. Uh, that's if I ever need to do a Russian accent for any production, is I would say the N-word. You know, like those actors have N-words, like N-phrases. They will say a phrase, and then they will get into that mindset. Mine is definitely welcome to Anarchy 99. And then, you know, stuff like that. Uh, Yorgi, all the boys. It's unreal. They've got a gun that shoots... <laughs> nine different bullets you know come on <laughs> it's it's the best thing in the world now <clears throat> to to wrap it all up what is not to reveal your secret sauce because your secret sauce is your secret sauce but what do you suggest for anyone who's looking to make it into the film tv industry what's the best way that they can go about doing it what's your advice so remember the avengers movies like they came out 20 years ago. And uh, when the Avengers movies credits roll, you know what people are doing? They're on their Facebooks and then they wait till the end and then Captain America's punching a punching bag. Um, I would watch the Avengers credits and I would see these guys are the casting agents. These guys are the extras castings. And it would show you where they film these shows, where they film these TV shows, where it's definitely 100%. It's not what you know, it's who you know. And uh, networking, but networking in a, in a different niche. And there's something that I'm going to work on very soon, not in a film aspect, in a music thing. That this person has 250,000 subscribers on YouTube, wow. but he has 900 followers on Instagram. So if I try and get to him on YouTube, he's never going to see my messages. But if I get to him on Instagram we can talk and then we can build a project together. So collabing in that way with acting, yeah. I have no idea what I'm doing. Wing it, wing it, you know, just, just wing it. You know, if you're going to do it, just do it and uh, embarrass yourself straight away. You know, go to a really packed bar and smash a pint of Guinness on the ground by accident and have everyone turn around and go, hey, <laughs> just do that every day until you're super embarrassed. And, uh, and that's it. And that, then you'll be no problem to stand in front of a camera and, you know, and do all that stuff. So and say, uh, thanks, man, as you get off a boat. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, no, it would just be, Obviously, I haven't been to a single acting class in my life. So if you're to listen to me, what I do, uh, don't <laughs> go and go and get taught. <laughs> go, go go and get classes. It's like anything. It's practice. And um, I have no idea what I'm doing. But I just think if I and I think Matt will maybe, you know, 
back me up on this. Uh, I never learned how to play a piano. I don't know music theory. And as soon as I learned music theory, then all my music became confined in a box because that's music. Oh, it should go. That note should go there because that's in that key. And if I'm afraid that if I go to an acting class and they tell me that's the way you should act when this happens, then the time that I act differently because I've never done it before, that might, you know, mess it up. You know, so I might react differently to how someone else reacts in an audition. They might play this scene with seriousness while I will play it as comedy because that's just how I am as a human being. So um, as much as I'd say get classes, then don't, don't get classes, skip school, watch X on the Beach. No. Um, <laughs> that's the secret. That's the other best acting in the world. No. Um, just go for it. There's the, like, you know, the thing as well is get used to the word no, you know, especially for any, it's like I've done auditions and I'm like, that's the best thing I've ever done in my life. And then it's just radio silence. <laughs> and you're like, oh, and I've, you know, made music for competitions and it's radio silence. And I'm like, and I've even shown music to people and they've gone, ah, it's not that good. I'm like, oh, you do have a great voice, you know? though. And, and, then, and then, you know, you do stuff like shoot episode three of Game of Thrones 55 nights in a row, six, you know, 1 p.m. to 6 a.m. for three and a half months Jeez. straight. And then you go to watch it and you're like, yo, this is going to be sick. And then it's like, a bit dark, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you know, three, three, and a, three, three and a half months work for it's a bit dark, you know. So just always expect people to be ready to give you one sentence to completely destroy you. You know what yeah. I mean? So just keep going yeah. at it. I think, isn't it like bad? Michael Jackson's bad. Uh, it was really terrible reviews when it first came out. Uh, I know like, yeah, that alien blade runner, every like I feel like every classic movie now, when it first came out, people are like, I don't get it. I don't like it. That's Star it. Wars almost was never made. Like, you know, from our take a couple takes ago, um, we we're so grateful for you to come on here, talk game of Thrones, Pound some Guinness with us. Just and enjoy enjoy a good Saturday, I guess night for you, yeah. afternoon for us. <laughs> it's seven PM, so it's it's still bright. Which is yeah, no, Eric, Eric, Eric <laughs> Jess, thank you so much for coming on and just giving us you know some of your background and some of where you've been and uh, the stories that you shared and your experiences. That was really really awesome and really my my no honestly like no my problem. appreciation. What my takeaway was from this is like my appreciation for Game of Thrones has like gone through the roof even more just hearing somebody that has mm -hmm. been with that and experienced it. So yeah, seriously, thank you so much for coming on. We're, so we're excited. Like, the thing that I will say as well is like, so if you watch like the documentary, which is amazing that the last watch, it shows everybody the work that they've done over the 11 months of shooting season eight. And they featured, you know, the head of prosthetics, they featured uh, the locations, they featured a friend of mine, Andy McClay, who's one of the, the extras in the show. It's like, they chose that guy. He has an amazing story. And they chose that prosthetics girl. She's got an amazing story. They chose this person. Got, like, everyone behind the camera has a story like that I do. And if you walk through the streets and you ask, like, oh, you know, you worked on Game of Thrones. Can you tell us? Like, so many people were affected by it as it just came here. And that's why the Lord of the Rings TV series, there's so much money being thrown at that. Because if that comes to... Wherever you're from, wherever I'm from, if that billion-dollar budget show ends up on your shores, that's what your country will be known for. You know what I mean? 
So it's like, yeah, you know, you could get, I could give, I could bring you 20 more guys, girls that I worked with that will speak two and a half hours about the, you know, working on Game of Thrones, working on any show, you know what I mean? Because we don't want it to be bad. No yeah. one in the final season of the show was no. sitting there going, no, we don't give a shit anymore. You know what I mean? Uh, so it's, 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 it's hard to work like that. And then people to be like, oh, bit shit. And I'm like, oh, you know, oh, oh. I didn't mean it. I cried it. on this. You I'm, know, I'm, yeah, so, like- so my last, my viewing experience, the final episode of the show, uh, we watched it. So a group of my friends who owned their own tour company, they did six weeks of showing episodes of Game of Thrones for the fans of Game of Thrones. And there was drink promotions. There were special guests. We had cast members of the show. We had the dire wolves from the show. We had all this stuff. We had quizzes and stuff going on. Our final viewing, so we watched episode six of season eight, was done like with a TV crew was watching it oh. with us. So they were watching our experiences. And I remember the show ended. And the final scene, like I'm in the final scene of the whole show. So just before the credit rolls, you can see me and my good friends' arses as we walk through a forest. <laughs> And as soon as the show ended, like 10 years of the show, five years of my life, just that second to take it in, there was instantly like, you know, let me just get some props for the boys like that. Just you like a camera in my face going, oh. and, and how was that? And I was just like, what? <laughs> you know, like there was no, there was no comprehension of what had just happened, you know, like 10 years wrapped up in a bow. And this woman's like interview for live television. I'm like, give me a minute. No, 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 no. Yeah, give me a minute. So um, it's good to come on and talk about it, obviously. Um, it was just really smoky in the room. That's why my eyes started watering up, just to a little yeah, side note. And, uh, it happens to me when I watch the first 10 minutes of Up every time, just like oh, smoky room. That is emotional yeah. terrorism. <laughs> I, I will never watch Up again. Like, why did they do that to us? I don't know how I've seen it more than once, and I've seen it like six uh, times, so I don't know what I'd think yeah. about myself. And I think the music psychology behind it, if, if you're interested, maybe it is true, maybe it's not. Uh, the music from the opening scene of Up may be the same music that they use at the end of Avengers Endgame with Captain America. Mm. I've heard. <laughs> I think it is. So people who watch Up were like, wait a minute, why am I crying at Captain America? <laughs> you know what I mean? So because cause Up did it. They had us all, you know. Oh, they did. Pixar theory. There you go. Um, everyone go follow MRE2023 on Instagram any music you want to plug anything else that you want to plug right here at the end nah no people won't even listen no. it's fine I'll, ju- I'll just have to build a brand <laughs> from the start up nobody cares that's, that's, no the, one... that's, that's the thing I've learned nobody cares and if you do care thanks yeah. thanks for caring yeah. Um, yeah yeah grow beards or something no do, do whatever you want just just I was going to say stay safe but that's overused <laughs> <That's right>. uh, <laughs> go don't live be on the edge we always end with a stay sweet everyone so we, we want a nice stay sweet from from Eric I'm gonna count stay me sweet no. <laughs> uh, stay sweet everybody sweet sweet Hey, this is Eric Nolan. Thanks for listening to Take 84, the Sweet Film Talks podcast. If you'd like to keep up to date with me and all that's going on, make sure you follow me on Instagram at mystery2023. That's M-R-E 2023. And if you have any follow-up questions about what we spoke about or you want to chat, drop me a DM and I'd be happy to answer you. 
And if you're interested in how I got my sweet beard so sweet, there's a link in my Instagram to the beard struggle. Beard oils, bombs, and washes, all promoting healthy beard growth. With my code ENOLAN15, you can get 15% off all your purchases. Stay sweet.